0: Love Talk radio. Live from Washington DC, it's quintessential listening. Poetry online radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. My special guest tonight is accomplished poet, Jamie Bolauer. Jamie and I have talked before about the art and craft of poetry, so I view tonight as being a continuation of that conversation. Jamie, welcome to the program again.
1: Hi. Good evening, Dr. Ingrams. Good to be with Hello, you Hello, sir.
0: Hello. How are you tonight?
1: <laughs> oh, doing good. Doing good.
0: <laughs> I'm glad. You know, I've thought about our conversation, the conversation that we had before, and I was wondering, my friend, I was yeah. wondering whether you'd answer the following question for me. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> you are, as I stated, an accomplished poet. If you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Your younger Ooh. writing self.
1: At, um, at the moment, I would say that to accept expand your knowledge of poetic forms and uh, different writers and to work on your skills of writing instead of relying so much just on raw emotion.
0: Mm. Tell me about that, because I would think that emotions are so important. Why shouldn't you rely on them?
1: Mm. Um, uh, my young, my younger self or my early writing and stuff uh, did come, you know, from a place where uh, lots of poets and spoken word artists and stuff deal, you know, with life issues and and things. Uh, But lately, and honestly, in the last two years and the pandemic kind of influenced some of this because we had some more time is that I actually really started learning about all the different uh, forms and cultures that went with them. And when I did that, and one of the things I like, for example, one of the things I did, I challenged myself to write a new poem in 100 different forms. So I had 100 (laughs) new poems all based off of new forms that I taught myself about And I'll be honest, I probably, through that process, learned more about poetry and the power of words and uh, rhyming patterns and cadence and and things like that uh, than I did when I was younger. Um, And in some ways, I think some of my poetry uh, is, is better now because I don't just rely on just raw emotion and just trying to get my voice across and to heck with what anybody thinks and understand that the reader is a part of the bridge of poetry and sometimes a, a, a form or a rhyming pattern delivers the message better than just raw emotion.
0: Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. A hundred different forms.
1: Yes. Yep, it took me probably about eight months to do it. Um, But, yeah, I wrote a new poem in a new form, uh, and uh, 100 of them. (laughs) Which of those forms really stuck with you? Um, Oh, well, actually, I have an unpublished poem that I wanted to actually Mm -hmm. read tonight uh, that is in the form. Of a breath double, if I said that correctly. Um, uh, it, it's a, a small uh, form. Um, I also really enjoyed uh, like the golden shovel form. That is where. Oh you... yes, I've heard
0: of the golden shovel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, and that was um, that was a fun uh, form to use. Um, yeah, the breath double. It is a French poetic form. It's only like 14 lines. Um, so there, it just it, it was such a learning uh, experience and such a fun challenge. And in a way, I wish somehow somebody would have tapped my shoulder when I was younger and said, "There's more mm-hmm. to poetry than just your raw emotion."
0: Yes. Yes, I understand now. I understand. Well, without further ado, please share some of your
1: work. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, to start, um, I think I'll. I actually have a, a golden shovel um, example that is from my my challenge, and the title of the poem is "Why Poetry," and this is after Langston Hughes's poem. So he, before we begin,
0: oh, what exactly yep. is the, go- golden uh, the golden shovel
1: form? The uh, golden shovel form, you use a line or two from from another poem. And the end uh, word of my poem is, what, if you read it down, would be the line that comes from Langston Hughes. Um, so okay. kind of right. after each little pot, like, and you might be able to hear which one. Um, but I think I, when I get to the end of this poem, I'll read uh, to recognize the, the line that I used from Langston Hughes. <clears throat> so the, the title of the poem is Why Poetry? And this is after Langston Hughes. Even in the darkest moments I hold, a pen with a fire to capture the fast and fleeting muse that commands my mind to fill the spaces between walking and dreams the strokes of ink are arrows hoping for the gods for the titans to reveal if i am worthy to mix a life with dreams or if words stay in my mouth when i die each step i take is a verse of my life that i write with rhyme sometimes breathing is a pact between impossible and a faith in flight My heart can be broken winged, but poetry sets me free like a bird. No matter the hue of the moment that spurs my mind, these words, windows that cannot close, allows my muse open lines to fly. And then obviously, if you you know Langston Hughes, the line is hold fast to dreams. For if dreams die, life is a broken winged bird that cannot fly. And so that's a golden shovel form. That was beautiful, my friend. Thank you. It was beautiful. Please share. Please share. um, Yeah, this one, like we were talking about, this is actually unpublished. This is nowhere to be found. This is, in a sense, a world premiere uh, of this poem. (laughs) I like those. All right. (laughs) right. And so this is is a breath double, Um, if I said that right, because it's a French poetic form. Um, that has three quatrains and a final couplet. Walking in a park, middle of summer, the sky is blue and so is the lake. The crowns of the trees are full, each with their own hue of green. The walking path takes me under a row of trees, the breeze making the leaves rustle, a push and pull with the sunlight. I count 14 different species, each their own color-designed leaf. Elm, oak, ash break against the clouds. A handful of evergreens fill in the scene. I ponder how each tree is a wonder, no jealousy of another's namesake. Each reaches for the sun, its wood, sturdy and sure. No hate between them. I wonder if it would be good if people lived with nature's sheen wow! and so um, I like it too. yeah thank you wow. and that one i like i said the breath double is a fun one uh and that is one that this summer i was inspired you know walking um and as we've dealt in our culture a little bit of of the divides the so many divides that we have you know the the park and the trees um oh just kind of spurred this thought and then when i sat down again the that form just kind of called and said i think the the message would work well you know in this in this form wow you are a writer <laughs> thank you um give us one more <laughs> all right so this one um this one is A little bit more of, I I would say, my younger, not my younger style exactly, but it it doesn't have a form. But it's built off of a metaphor, um, and it's called Pride, in parentheses, to my children. I know. Believe me, I know. My mane may be peppered, scar-filled fur, yellow teeth, dull legs ache i've roamed these plains until my paws broke open and bled i know of hunger drought cloudless heat i've been in battles where i've been won against numbers i know but you my pride need to know that as you move silent in the tall grass stalking your place in this savannah roaring your existence at dawn that hyenas will come one or two or 20 they will come they will circle they will laugh they will attack that is the law of the land know that you must fight through the bites scratches and bruises but hold on fight with every breath tooth and claw fight until you hear my roar no that I will join you in battle, too, against all. Mm. And and actually, it's not a not a form, but built off of a metaphor.
0: <laughs> yes. What does being creative mean to you? Because you're very creative. Um, to to
1: a degree i I think that really being creative uh is actually being courageous um to to go with the inspiration the muse the idea um that you have um, sadly to a degree, I think lots of people have art inside of them ideas inside of them and for whatever reason, you know, lots of different reasons that, that people uh, just don't have the courage to go ahead and step with that idea, step with that urge to, to write a poem or to to paint a picture or, or, you know, to go ahead and invent something. Um, And I, I think creativity is taking that spark and having the courage to go ahead and run with it and you know i have poems that are not that good and i think i have some poems that are pretty solid you know but if okay. i don't if i don't take the courage to write them they're never there and so well
0: think about this here's a good question for you as well what's the best advice you've ever had about Becoming more creative. Has anyone ever talked to you about creativity for you to say, yes, I want to follow that advice? That's good advice. I like the courageous part. I really like that.
1: <laughs> um, I, I, okay, this is going to be odd. I'm going to say no, but I'm going to okay. say that, that people, though a, a, a select few, have believed in me. And that gave me the courage to, to step forward, Um, you know, and and sometimes that's what, you know, kind of what we, we need at times. Um, Yes. You know, and and so the, the advice on, you know, how to to write poems or to, you know, spur my creativity and, and stuff. I would say I'd not had any solid advice about that in my younger, especially high school and junior high. I just had, you know, a teacher um, especially that just basically said, wow, you're pretty cool. I like what what you're trying to do here. And that spurred enough courage to to continue. And um, you know, I, I kind of just keep that, keep that in mind. And obviously through the years, other people have stepped in, um, and played other kind of, kind of roles that, that helps support.
0: Oh, wow. Very nice. Some more poetry from you, Jamie,
1: please. (laughs) Um, uh, all right. This one, um, is from my book, April, 2020, um, Writer's Digest does uh, every April is Poetry Month and does a poetry, you know, prompt every day. Uh, and I, this was during, obviously, the pandemic and my school uh, went to remote learning. And so I started walking every day. And this was the first day of that uh, writing challenge. And I was on a walk, and then this actually ended up being my first poem in my book called April 2020, a poetic time capsule of writing and living during a pandemic. Um, So um, this is called To the Old Man Gardening During the Pandemic. It is April 1st, 2020. This is no joke, though. It's late morning and I am walking for the ninth day in a row. You are sitting on a yellow bucket, sleeveless black puffer jacket, dark button down work shirt, brown pants, and a black flat cap on your head. The lines on your face show the years like a tree stump. The trowel in your hand moves slowly, clearing away dead leaves, turning up soil. A few purple tulips dot the garden. By summer, your garden will be in full color, but for now, there's work to be done. We nod hello quickly. I've got earbuds in and a black hoodie on. I don't know your age, but you are old enough to have gone through the Great Depression, two world wars, Black Monday, 9-11, and now this moment in history. As I turn the corner heading home, I wonder how many times you've seen the sky fall. How did you deal with each fear? What losses did you endure? I do not resist the urge to look back. You are moving the yellow bucket a few feet to the left, bending down, you clear more dead debris, working the topsoil for the flowers to come. I smile as I consider how much of your old world Is just the same as this new world. And that was, was, uh, again, the first poem um, in that book, April
0: 2020. How long did it take you to write that particular book?
1: Um, That book is a little bit different. Uh, It's every uh, poem uh, that I wrote for the month of April – Uh, But I decided to kind of do, if you remember, VH1 used to have um, Storyteller, you know, where the musician would come. Yeah. Um, So I decided to actually talk and share that day, like what was going through my head, a little inspiration, you know, for people who want to write. And so the book itself is all 30 poems. But after each poem, I kind of tell the story, you know, behind it and why I chose sometimes uh, a verse or, you know, I just kind of told the the story. And it kind of ended up, you know, as we were dealing with the pandemic at that time and then uh, just starting um, into our social uh, change and um, the the, uh, death of, Floyd and, you know, our society coming to grips with a lot of things, you know, it yeah. really it's kind of a very unique just moment captured uh from my perspective, obviously and through the, the poems. Um so it it took a little bit of time, but uh as an indie author it was, I kinda had it up and ready to go after a couple of months. Um so I it it was a it was a fun challenge in that regard but also an emotional one just in that sense of dealing you know um raising six kids trying to still be a teacher um yes trying to understand how the pandemic was going to to pan out and affect us all mm-hmm.
0: well you know it's funny you know i commend you i commend you for raising six kids as the biggest <laughs> one and I was going to ask you whether you felt that that book was cathartic or not.
1: Um, yes, a little bit to be on. Mm-hmm. So to be honest, just being with my family and in one way, there were, there was actually some good things that I think happened, but in that sense of being home, being with, you know, my oldest son came back from college, obviously. And, you know, we were, we were together. Um, that probably yes. was what actually got us through that time in a sense, more than, than my poetry did, to be honest.
0: Hey, I understand that. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs>
1: Give me two more poems, my friend. All right. Well, let we'll stay a little bit with, um, as we're talking about family, um, This is um, called Dancing Flowers. um, And this is from a very early uh, collection of poetry from my years. It is late summer Sunday morning, cool breeze, warm sun. My youngest daughters play on the back patio in their PJs. Pink and green flash across the patio door. I join them sitting on the steps with a cup of coffee Look at this, Daddy, a rock, a blade of grass in their hands. Watch this, Daddy, as they run, as they jump in the grass. They begin to dance. The sun shines into my eyes. I have to squint to see them, but I swear, if flowers can move, they would dance like my daughters. So, And that's the early, but, um, you know, uh, that's one of those moments you know I was there um i I don't remember how I scratched that out on on paper or something, but um you know that was uh, just a moment, and it was so poetic it was so just powerful as a as a dad that um i got that got that one scratched down
0: That one made me smile I really liked it
1: um the, so, this next one is actually from the same book, um, but this one is pre, this one's a little bit personal, kind of dealing uh, with my past and why I think I care so much about being a dad and stuff like that, because um, it deals with a little bit. You'll be able to tell with my relationship uh, to a degree with my own father. <clears throat> So the poem is called A Fading Photo. You are kneeling down with a two-year-old version of me standing in front of you, grasping your left wrist with one hand and your right hand in the other. A wedding ring reflecting back, but the love would soon lose its spark. I wonder what you did with the ring once you started your new family. We are both smiling, cheeks puffy, high on our cheekbones. I don't recognize myself. The little one in the picture is a spitting image of my second son. Looking at the picture, I recognize a hollow echo of pain when I concentrate on your smile. I had never seen this picture of us until today. A picture from the 70s, no filter needed. It is a beautiful moment of a happy father and son. I wonder when you really let go of my hand, because I feel like I've been walking alone since I was born. But the picture shows me holding on to you like any son would, like any son should in this world, because we might stumble and fall. But I've walked myself to this moment. Some hard roads traveled, stumbled and fell, treaded so many miles I've forgotten where I started. Until today until I saw this fading photo of a father kneeling and a son standing in front of him, grasping his hand for support so that I wouldn't stumble and fall.
0: Wow. That was so powerful (laughs) and touching.
1: Thank you, Dr. I was there.
0: (laughs) I was there. Wow. Let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. i mm. answering questions is world famous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can tell you're not letting me put in my like, yeah. question. And
0: I had to really think why I don't like answering questions. Oh, wow. And I finally realized is that I don't feel smart enough to answer them. Because I'm not trained in poetry, I don't have an MFA. I know what I know. I just feel like what could I contribute to the canon? You know? Uh so I when people think... ask me questions <laughs> <laughs> I'll say no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> what do but, you think? But you you have such a vast um experience and connection um with so many different poets. Um within the podcast and just the different range uh, of people you have talked to um, and, and maybe, you know, like you don't write, right. Exactly. Um, I think your, your knowledge and your heart, it would would actually be a contribution, you know, and especially, you know, in that sense of what you have learned about poetry, you know, what, what do you, What have you discovered what have you felt you know what has poetry been you know in regard for you in this adventure um, with your podcast
0: right and what's so funny is that I've been in the poetry business for over 30 years <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've done all kinds of things yeah but when I talk about it with people like yourself when I ask the question what is poetry I stumble But, because it's you, I wrote down my own definition of what is poetry. Okay, awesome.
1: awesome. Are you ready? Yeah, I am ready. All right.
0: (laughs) I said, it's an amalgamation of words, phrases, rhythms, and sounds joined together to create a message that is beamed out to the universe.
1: Ooh. To the universe. I love that.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I worked on it. I knew yeah. that you were going to call in tonight, <laughs> so I worked on it. <laughs> I, 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 well, these messages, because I ask people every week. Yep. My 200th guest is coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. So I've asked 200 people, <laughs> what is poetry? What is poetry? You would think I would need to know as well what it is.
1: I think you, because the part that, as you were talking about, like from the teacher perspective, the first part of your your answer is like, yes, that's the art form of it, you know, the rhythm, Mm -hmm. the rhymes, uh, the metaphors and all that. And then, but I think you you hit a, a truth. Um, in that regard of both the thing that makes us sometimes feel small is the universe, but what gives us power is that our words, um, your connections with people and stuff like that are in the universe, and you honestly never truly know what moment, what word, what, you know, in your case, your wonderful laugh has, touches upon somebody and changes their universe that one moment and we never know, oh, know that you know we never no, know, we that. know that that's so crazy when you think of of that and you know the art form poetry you know mm-hmm. somebody somewhere might listen to this you know in a month and we'll, we'll never know but yet we've done it we've sent that message out there um, and it's incredible to think about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really hadn't thought about it that way either, to be honest. So thank you. Now let's go back to you. Let's focus okay. back on you, Jamie. <laughs> let's focus back on you. <laughs> I've bared enough of my soul tonight.
1: Oh. <laughs> it's time okay. for you I, again
0: to I be think, back in the spotlight. <laughs>
1: yeah, I do say thank you. I appreciate. I have enjoyed uh, your work and stuff and. It, it, it honestly so okay just to expand that i have reached out to you you remember like i and like because your voice and, and your show and stuff was there and you know it's a, it's a we're a kind of a perfect example of that sense like i would have never really reached out if you hadn't presented the your your show your um, personality even and your laughter and, and stuff and just made a wave in my own little universe. So here we are. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: That's nice. I like hearing that. I really do. I'm going through a lot. So I like hearing that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. That's enough of that.
1: Okay. Now back to you. <laughs> Give me some pull. Uh, um, okay. Since we kind of dealt with the uh, um, the last one, um, I'm going to read a new, from my new book, These Words Believe in Ghosts, and okay. this, this one is, deals with my history. Um, so it's my newest collection, uh, and the poem is called They Say. They say that your relationship with your father is the foundation of your belief in God. My God is a strong, silent one because I have been praying for decades, never hearing a word or being moved by the Holy Ghost. When I would attend Mass, my God drank all the wine from the chalice and never presented the Holy Eucharist. The sermons were about Nebraska football, about the promise of tomorrow. The only lesson I learned was to never hit a girl, taught on a drive in a beat-up white Datsun truck. I stopped attending church in 1982. God had only enough love for his younger son and two daughters. To tell you the truth, I can't say for sure that God isn't dead. They say that your understanding of love is based on your relationship with your mother. Then love must be a monarch butterfly in late June fluttering across the country If you are blessed, it will land on your arm, wings still for a second, orange bright from the sun, a moment that is over when you reach for it. For there is not enough time for the butterfly to stay, so many flowers to see, miles to travel, love was never meant for me to have, monarch butterflies live for such a short time. They say you can't break free from your family's sins. Then our dinner table must be the last supper. I break bread as mom fills the cups. We sit down to eat with a table of eight. Then hands linked from mother to child, from brothers to sisters, from child back to father. My four-year-old daughter talks about the butterflies she saw today. Big brother asked her what color they were. She can't remember, so she tells her own knock-knock joke. We laugh, not because of the punchline, but because we are family. Through the echoes of joy, I see that the foundation of faith in God and love and family is what I give or don't give to my children. Wow. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, that's That's special. That really is my friend You You know you've been writing a long Long time Has a poem ever humbled Or
1: frightened you Oh Yeah Um, There's uh, In some ways That uh, There's a couple um, That That courage part takes a big step to, to take idea, um, and to get it down onto paper. Um, and there's a, um, a couple, there's one that I I had thought of. I, it looks better on paper than it is to read it. Um, it's one (laughs) when I wrote in college, um, Uh, called Air Jordans and Big Gulps because I worked the night shift at 7-Eleven and wrote it on the back of a (laughs) cigarette carton. (laughs) Um, And it it look it's easier to read on paper because I have these little side notes and stuff. And it's one of those that is just pure emotion, like one of that I would have, you know, maybe told my younger self to look for a form. Um, But it's about. Uh, The irony of, because I was wearing Air Jordans at at the time, Um, and here I am trying to pay for all this and all this stuff, working the the night shift um, at 7-Eleven and dealing, you know, with drunks coming in and and stuff so that I could wear my Air Jordans to this job, you know, and it's just, (laughs) Um, yeah. So that that's, I, I I'm still I'm kind of, I am proud of that one, and I actually still have the cigarette carton with the rough draft of that poem on it. Really? <laughs> yeah, I do. It's in my box uh, of of past works. <laughs> so that's <laughs> oh. Well,
0: give yeah. us some more poetry.
1: Give us some more um, poetry. All right, so I actually have another world premiere poem for you. And ironically, it happens to be be a breath double again. I didn't actually really notice that when I was kind of collecting um, that. Uh, So this one is, again, that French form. Um, And this is called Two O'Clock. Two o'clock in the afternoon, sky filled with sunshine or rain. The time we have is the same for everyone under the sun. Holds true even if under the moon. Stars mixing with lights from airplanes. We choose the sidewalks we walk, the pedestrians we hit and run with our curses or blessings. This moment is fixed in the life we breathe into our lungs as we try hard to overrun the heartache, our signature tune, heard under the tick of the time that remains.
0: Mm.
1: So that one's a little abstract. i allow that one
0: to sink in.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, It's Mm. kind of that moment at, it's two o'clock somewhere, but yet we're Mm. all experiencing that moment, wherever that we happen uh, to be or to be doing, Um, and honestly, there's a little sad aspect in there, especially when I kind of mentioned the pedestrians we hit and run with our curses or blessings, Mm -hmm. you know, because we still choose, we still actually choose how we interact with the people who we are still actually sharing two o'clock with. Um,
0: Yes, so. so true. So true, my friend. Yeah. Give me one more before we take a quick break.
1: Um, I actually, as we had talked about, what well, I have a uh, an older, older poem that I actually wrote in high school. Um, it's actually from oh, my wow. first, yeah, from my uh, my first. It's in my first collection from my years. Um, and because I kind of just have a pile here to draw from, and this is one of those cases that I where that courage part, especially as a teenager, to write about this, um, and you'll understand here in a, a second. So this one is called History, 1988. Cheerios from a bag swimming in hard water, cockroaches mating in the powdered milk box. Welfare cheese wrapped in old bread bags, had no covers to keep me warm, had no drapes to keep me sheltered. They laughed at me. They said I smelled. It's hard to wash your hair in rusting water. Prostitutes as neighbors, drug dealers across the streets. There are no color barriers because no one sees you if your pockets aren't green. Couldn't drown the fears or smoke the cares away because no one wanted what I had. It's hard to live with the no in nothing. The streets aren't so scary as you watch your dreams float into the drains. You didn't know your garbage was my pillow. I took your Christmas paper and your brightly colored bows, prayed to God to fill them for me. But God had other children to see. Children in pajamas, children under covers, children with smiles. So, yeah, that's a uh, in a sense that's a true uh, true story aspect poem. Mm. And I, I I wrote that uh, probably in 1989. Uh, that would be okay. in my junior junior year. So I wrote it when I was a senior.
0: Wow. It was an epic work. And you spoke truth. You spoke truth. Let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. I'm here with Jamie Bolhauer. Jamie, a question for you. Yeah. You ponder the mysteries of life. Am I correct?
1: Yes, I do. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> do you believe social media contributes to the well-being of poetry? That's my question.
1: Oh, oh, good question. Um. Uh. Because it's interesting. A little side note, just really quick, uh, because uh, as mentioned, some of my students have wrote some essays about the negative influence that social media has on them, you know, as teenagers and, and some things along that line. And I don't, I, I think everybody can agree that social media has uh, some negatives to it. Um, but yet. Honestly, to a degree, social media, like lots of things, is just a tool. And it honestly makes our world, it, it can make our world a much more positive place. Uh, it definitely connects us. Um, the technology that we have and and the opportunities um, that we have to interact um, with somebody just down the highway in our same state, all the way to uh, a musician or a poet in another country. Um, and I think why we're so attracted to it to a degree, like, like you kind of uh, mentioned in, in your definition of poetry, is that social media gives us all uh, an opportunity to, Feel like we have said something that somewhere in the universe somebody's going to hear and interact. I, on a more personal note, the problem is we've chosen not to interact with those messages all the time in very positive ways. Um, so it's really True. kind of a double-edged sword in that in that oh, regard.
0: Wow. You know, I really like your work. Thank you. I like it for a number of different reasons. <laughs> but one reason that I like it, my friend, is that I understand it. All right? <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> How important um, <laughs> is accessibility? Should you have to work hard to solve a poll?
1: So we're um, in the classroom. We're dealing with some older, like, Wordsworth poetry and stuff. Um, And and to a degree, there's a little bit of puzzle because of the language, you know, older English or European and um, following the rules, you know, of a sonnet maybe or something. And so you have to work through that. Um, But I still think, though, honestly, that I get that there's those barriers, but really lots of poetry still is is pretty clear um, once you actually start to want to read the poetry. And now this is the teacher okay. side, side in me in, coming out, uh, just in that sense, like many people, you know, you say poetry and their knee-jerk reaction is like, oh, well, I don't like poetry. And I get that because high school, like, you know, I, the, how it's taught sometimes. But that reaction, you know, really just puts up a, a barrier for the opportunity for that person to engage with that message as we're, that's our theme a little bit with us tonight. Um, and so they automatically put up hurdles that aren't actually really there.
0: Okay. 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 Give so. me three more poems. I'm greedy. More <laughs> Jamie Bowhauer.
1: Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, okay, I have to your comment, and I appreciate that comment. One of my first really? reviews of one of my earlier uh, books was exactly that: that they're like, "I like this poetry because I understand it." That it. Oh, really? was, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that it wasn't you know something that they had to really break through. Those great minds yeah. think alike. Yeah. So <laughs> I had to chuckle. I was just yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> Um, all right, uh, this is um a poem from my latest collection. Uh, called "These Words: Believing in Ghost." Uh, I have a collection of poems that is really interesting that I discovered about myself after a while of observing like a person or a situation, and I kind of made they're not specifically odes per se, um, but they all start like, and in this case, this poem is to the teen sitting on the front step. Um, And I have about 10 of these that I discovered that I had kind of written. And they're always observations about a a person or a situation and, and things like that. Um, It's just one of those fun things that you learn about yourself as you grow older and as you, you know, um, write and do those things. So this is one of the the newest ones, um, and it's an observation, and you'll kind of understand as the poem goes what's going on um, with it and then the twist at the end. So this is To the Teen Sitting on the Front Step. I am approaching a four-way intersection on a summer weekday. Stop signs making traffic hitch and pause as people wonder what the rule is for who goes first. You are sitting on the step of the house on the corner, dressed in all black, black shoes, black socks, black shorts, black shirt, dark hair. Your arms are wrapped around your knees, chin hiding behind your forearms. Your head moves slightly with each passing car. I turn my gaze back to the traffic, I wonder what is going on. Did you not take the garbage out when asked? Is he drinking already? It's two in the afternoon. Did she end it with a text message? Or were you told again how worthless you are? I am now in the stop sign queue, four cars to go, debating if I should turn to look at you. Now that I am almost parallel to the steps you are sitting on, I recognize the body language, closed, feet tapping, caged, yet afraid to run. I chance it. Our eyes meet. I can see the red highlights around your eyes, feel the hate expressed through the what are you looking at expression. We break our glance at the same time. I feel guilty that I can't change anything because I've sat there on my own step. I push the gas pedal down, crossing the intersection, glancing into my rear-view mirror. I see you are still sitting, slowly becoming smaller as I head to school to be certified by the Red Cross so I can save a life. Wow. Wow. Honestly, it was like that's a true... You know, it's a moment. Um, I think I had to wait till I, I actually got to school to get that like jotted down. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I, I, some of my poems or those things like that, I like trying to capture the honest, powerful moment that we're that we're living. Yes. You know, And so, um, and I just as a, as a side note, like that first one to the old man gardening, you know, during the pandemic, that's another one of those, you know, that kind of, of hit that, just that observation um, of our everyday mm-hmm. existence.
0: Wow. You're a writer. I <laughs> thoroughly enjoy your work.
1: Oh, Give me two you. more
0: poems. <laughs>
1: oh, well, the two I kind of got left, uh, uh, one of them is really sad and depressing, so I guess I'll go with that one next.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, why not?
1: <laughs> and then I'll try to end on a, a positive one. Um, okay. So uh, this, is, um, this is from my book, These Words Believe in Ghosts, um, and this is called Accessories. What if we wore our pain on the outside for the world to see? On our wrist, a bracelet dangling with charms, concrete mementos of all the names we've been called by friends and enemies. Time-worn charms clashing against each other as we move throughout our day, the clanging and the irregular melody of their taunts toward us. We could sport a gold chain around our neck, at a cross or a birthstone or a pearl pendant, something to symbolize the weight of expectations we carry, so heavy we find it hard to breathe. Each day feels like an added link, an added failure, a might have been moment. Regrets for things we never learned, to be loved, to trust others, to experience happiness, the chances we never took, and the promises broken intertwined so easily wrapping around our vocal cords until all we can do is speak with sobs in our throats. Our pain can be a set of earrings, loops the size of thoughts spinning around our heads, mixing us up, confusing our direction. A circle is just the same place with more than one step. A set of stud earrings would look nice too. Small diamonds shimmering like puncture wounds to our dreams. Our past looking as if we have spilled salt on the table a pile of wounds surrounded by single grains of heartache. What if we wore our pain on the outside? Maybe we can turn this torment into beauty if only the world could just see it. Yeah, so a little bit of an, uh, but it's, you know, um, one of those that, an honest one, you know, we all hide. We all hide our our mm-hmm. troubles, our heartaches, um and we sometimes hide them so well nobody knows you know nobody knows that is so true <laughs> my friend so true okay, so the last one this one actually is from the book april twenty twenty um and so I don't remember what day it was um I think the writing prompt for that for the April challenge um was dealing with with belief um and again this uh, happens to be a a kind of a real moment uh, that i expanded so i was walking again um and a a moment happens in here and i expanded the idea so this is one of those cases where i have uh, i had a moment happen but to make the poem it took a, a little while when, once I got home um, and tried to, right. to tap in um, to what I was feeling through uh, illusions and things like that. So, <clears throat> All right, so this is called Believe Again. It's early in the morning, but the sun has beat me to the sidewalk. The neighborhood is up. Figures move in kitchen windows, a jogger ahead of me. A new puppy taking its owner on a sporadic walk on the road to the left. Music playing from my earbuds, water trickling down the curbways to storm drains from the last night's rain and sprinkler systems. I enjoy the morning like I have for 42 days now. Each day new but the same as yesterday. Ahead, I see a massive puddle at the T junction of Elm Drive and Sycamore. The reflection of trees, mailboxes, and houses move across the surface as I approach. Until I'm standing at the edge, and all I see is the endless blue sky. The world I'm in is now below. I pause the music. I wonder, is this a puddle from the wood between worlds? Can Aslan see me standing there? Like a child, I become dizzy with the possibility of magic. Suddenly, The wind pushes at my back as if to say, believe, and jump in. Is this like platform nine and three-fourths at King's Cross Station? The water seems to hold a parallel world. Can I call the goblin, goblin king like Sarah did? Is the choice between a red and blue pill just in the heart? For a minute, I stand at the cusp of reality and childhood belief. I bend my knees just a little. The wind, again, strong at my shoulder, speaks. Instead of pushing me, it brings white petals down from a nearby Bradford pear tree. Like little clouds, they populate the puddle, crushing my own blossoming childhood view of the magical world reflecting at my feet. I turn to face the wind. I am surrounded by the petals. Like a swarm of fairies, they bombard me, covering my shirt, one sticking to my glasses. I feel something inside my chest crack. Another gust of wind, surrounded again in a wave of white petals, I faintly hear a lion's roar. I bow my head in reverence of the moment. I turn back to the path I was on. I hit play. Music fills my head. But my heart takes flight as I step into the puddle, heading home.
0: Nice, (laughs) headed home, (laughs) which is what we're about to do—to head home, to finish our journey together.
1: And it's kind of. But I've got one last fun question. (laughs) Yeah.
0: One last fun question. As a writer, a poet, to be specific, what would you choose as your mascot? or avatar or spirit <laughs> animal.
1: Oh. Um I I I would a blue jay. A blue jay. <laughs> a blue jay.
0: Oh, tell me about it. <laughs>
1: um I I know blue jays technically for those people who know birds and stuff that they're kind of of jerks a little bit. Um, okay, but uh, they are uh, for all the other colors of birds and stuff. That blue, with sometimes that little bit of black on the wings. When when mm-hmm. I see a blue jay, the the beauty and how it can be in the sky, but yet be a part of it makes okay. makes me feel like that's what we are we're all a part of this world but yet we all have our our flight pattern our little existence um and i just i love blue jays and especially on a summer day and i see and they fly um into the sky and stuff it just i I i that's what i would choose a blue jay
0: very nice, a blue jay. Oh, <laughs> hey! Where can listeners find your
1: work? Where can they um, find your work, my friend? Uh, all my uh, books are on Amazon. Um, I am an indie author, so I've chosen to to use uh, the Amazon. It used to be Create Space, but uh, to get yes. my works, you know, up um, and available. Um and I have my own author page on Amazon which connects actually to my personal blog uh that I maintain, um and stuff like that. So the easiest place is you know, uh to search for me on Amazon.
0: How can listeners stay in touch with you?
1: Um I so am you, said on you have a personal Twitter. blog. Yeah, I have a personal blog. I am on Twitter. Uh <laughs> Um, I was an early person on Twitter, and so my – you can obviously search my name, uh, but my Twitter sign is J-Dog90. <laughs> J-Dog90. <I've> <laughs> yeah, I just never changed it because I was, I was on Twitter that first six months that it started, I guess. <laughs> um, and at that time it was cool, you know, to make your Twitter handle that, and I just never changed it. <laughs>
0: Question for you. What is in the works for you next?
1: Um, well, I, I, I did just recently, this summer, I released a poetic EP, um, and that's on Spotify and Apple Music and stuff. Wow. And I, yeah, um, and I am working on my next poetic EP. Um, this one will be a little bit longer. Uh, the first EP all centered around some poems that dealt with stars, uh, this one is going to be dealing with all the different ways we have our hearts broken.
0: Oh, wow, Jamie. So. Well, look, my friend, we've reached the end of the road. Oh,
1: that's, I'm sad.
0: <laughs> oh, and I want to thank you. I am so glad that we decided to continue our conversation.
1: Yeah, This has so been much. a highlight. Oh, a highlight. I, You'll never know I, how much
0: it's been a highlight. Yeah.
1: I've been waiting to, to hear your answer to that question. I, I, I so appreciate you stepping out to, to answer uh, that. And that was such a powerful, powerful answer. I love it. <laughs> thank you, sir.
0: <laughs> well, to you, I say thank you, and I wish you a wonderful holiday season. Yeah, to our listening too. audience, I'll see you here again on Saturday for Sophia Nas at 3 p.m. So I say good night. Take care. And as I share every week, let poetry ring throughout the land. Good night, everybody. Good night. You have just listened to the Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio Podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.